We go out to the hotline and bring in an expert. There's a great job covering college football for CBS Sports. It is Barrett Saleem. Barrett, you're a smarter man than I, so I'll ask you this. How much is Mike Norvell paying the committee to keep them at number four? Is it a million dollars a week? Is it a million and a half? What's the budget here for Florida State? Well, no, I think Florida State's deserving of number four. And and that's just because the last couple of weeks they fought through some serious uh, injury concerns, and, and they've been okay. And if you – here's the thing. If you're going to say Florida State shouldn't be number four, then the only team you could put in would be Washington. And from an eye test perspective, Washington, in comparison to Florida State, uh, doesn't add up because that defense, and I, and I wrote this last night when the, when the uh, rankings came out on CBSSports.com, that it's like a diet version of USC's defense, which is extreme, which is an insult. Like that's not one of those things where you say, no offense, like, no, absolutely <laughs> offense. Like that is, that is an insult. So um, I, I get it. The, the resume from, in terms of, you know, strength of schedule, all stuff is not necessarily there for Florida state. But from an ISS perspective, I think they um, they top Washington, at least right this very second. So I guess that's that's my thing, Barrett, is I look at the eye test, too, and it's like Washington has the better win, right? and you mentioned resume, right, Over, with uh, with them beating Oregon compared to really anything Florida State has. But even like the last few weeks of Florida State, I mean, you beat Miami, who started a freshman quarterback, has not been very good. You win by seven at home. You beat Pitt 24-7, who the week before got smoked by Notre Dame 58-7. to like, that's where, for Florida State, to me, I get what you're saying in terms of Washington's defense. It is, and I've been trying to figure out that's the, probably the right way to phrase it, USC diet in terms of defense. I was like, is it light? Is it, but light was is worse? Is it dark USC defense? Whatever it is, we're on the same page. It is bad. It is not as bad as USC, but it is bad, admittedly so. But it's like, you look at Florida State, and it's like, even against some bad teams, the eye test, like, they don't look very good. Well, I would say uh, two weeks ago when they won, what, 24 to 7. Um, and on the score, when you look at, at maybe the box score, um, you know, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't, um, uh, it doesn't visually, it isn't visually appealing. But you go back and look, they dominated that game basically in every aspect. Um, you know, I just, they, they couldn't finish drives, which again, like that's part of the job. That's part mm-hmm. of what you're supposed to do. But to me, I, I just think you're, you're talking about two flawed teams. Um, and in this year, usually we're talking about two flawed teams out of the, you know, top three in the country, right? Like usually there's only one dominant team. If we're debating over four versus five and, and which, um, which war is, is less attractive, then, you know, that's, um, that's a pretty good place to be because to me it means that things will sort themselves out. And I fully expect that to happen over the next couple of weeks. We were talking to Barrett Salee, college football reporter for CBS Sports. On that, in that vein, I should say, Barrett, how much do you weigh being undefeated? Like, just like the general principle, forget your schedule, forget your resume. Are you someone that says you're 13 or you're in no matter what? No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, because it, everything is subjective in the sport, which is why I love it, right? Um, it's not all schedules are created equal. Not all conferences are created equal. Um, so you have to be, Subjective, you have to uh, present an opinion or value whatever you need to value. And for me, look, if you're undefeated, obviously you're going to be in discussion uh, if you're a Power 5 team. But does that automatically um, mean that you're going – are you a top four team at that point? In my mind, not necessarily. 
Uh, in the committee's mind, it doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, because uh, they will they value law, uh, they value a conference championship. You would have a conference championship. They value um, going unblemished, and no matter what your schedule is, no matter what conference you're from, they're gonna they're gonna put a lot of weight into that. I don't. I mean, generally, I will too. But is it a deal breaker for me? Like, if, if we're sitting here talking about um, you know a, a one loss Oregon and uh, Florida State with zero losses. You know, I'm willing to have that discussion, right? I'm at right. the end of the season, but right now, two weeks before the end of the season, like the whole picture hasn't been painted yet. No, that's that's fair, and I'm with you there, like in the sense that I don't. I'm with you. If you're undefeated, it should not be an automatic. Okay, you're in no matter what. I think definitely, like I said, resume, I test, how you play and who you play is just as important as the number of losses you do have. We are talking to Barrett Salee right now of CBS Sports. Um, does a great job covering college football. So with that said, especially this year, because it is a really interesting year where it's been wide open more than really ever. And maybe now you could say Georgia and Michigan are starting to pull away, but it's it's taken longer for teams to start to separate than usual. Looking now with two weeks left before conference championship weekend, is it fair to assume that if you're not in your conference championship game, you are eliminated? So hence, the loser of Ohio State Michigan, they're done. The loser of... Well, that's actually right about it right about now, so I take that back. But if you are not in your conference championship games, Michigan, Ohio State in two weeks... Is that an elimination game? Well, I wouldn't say so with those two. Because I think the dominoes could fall in a direction where the, the loser gets in, which is what we saw last year with mm-hmm. Ohio State, right? So I think um, if, if you're talking about a one-loss uh, one loser of that game, whoever it is, um, you know, Alabama winning the SEC champion. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Texas being upset in the, in the Big 12 championship game is certainly a possibility. Uh, I think if, if Florida State doesn't win the ACC, they're out, um, and, and a one that that one loss Big Ten team would, would get in over them. Um, I would even say that if um, if there's only one spot remaining and Alabama beats Georgia, and that one loss Big Ten team is in the debate with Alabama for that final spot, there'd be a pretty decent um, a decent argument there. Uh, so, and, and look, I, I think it would also be there with Texas because I think Texas is in a tough spot now because they've been ugly. Um, they, they have not, uh, they've not done things like ever since that Oklahoma game, things have started to go downhill. Then Quinn got hurt mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they got r- really ugly. And now Jonathan Brooks has hurt Quinn's back. We'll see what happens. But a, a one loss big 12 team, if it's Texas and it's a conference champion, uh, Ohio state, Michigan loser might still have a pretty good pretty good resume to both. So it certainly helps, but I, I would definitely say that the landscape could develop where the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game still gets in. On that note of Texas, because there has been a, a discussion on social media the last few weeks of the committee has not done it yet, right? They have kept Texas above Alabama, but there's at least an assumption when push comes to shove in two, three weeks from now, they're going to jump Alabama over Texas. Out of the eight teams remaining that still are in the race for the final four spots here, is Texas the would you is Texas still in control right now, Bear? Would you say of their destiny? No, uh, because they to me, uh, if you go and if it, let's just play this out where it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan winner, whoever, mm-hmm. Florida State undefeated and Pac twelve winner with one loss or zero losses, Texas is on the outs because it's in a it's in the uh, the basically you'd be saying okay. If it's the Pac-12 undefeated champ gets in, and if it's a one-loss Oregon that just beat Washington, 
that would be better than whatever Texas would boast, which it would be the Alabama game. Right. So, no, Texas is not in control of its own destiny, uh, which, is, which is really bad for Alabama because it's sort of tied to where Texas is right now. Would you see the committee jumping Alabama over Texas and putting them in and leaving the Longhorns out? Like, is that a package deal? Either both are in or none are in? Oh, man. Um, it's tough. I've I know. This is fun, back. though, but it's tough. Well, I've kind, of, I've kind of gone back and forth with it because it's such a high-profile game, and they're not supposed to take in brand value. But, I mean, Texas, if, if they did beat Alabama, and, right. and that's important. And, but at the same time, if that's the case, that means Texas would have been whoever that's not very good in the Big 12 championship game, and Alabama would have just beaten Georgia. Mm-hmm. So – it, I wouldn't. I'd keep Texas in that situation. The thing is, okay, Texas is not going to give them a big reason for recency bias if they beat whoever in the Big 12 championship game because that Big 12 team is not going to be that good, right? Right. Um, Alabama would win that recency bias argument because it would have just beaten Georgia 18 hours before so, the selection's made. It's so, no, yeah, it's brutal. I, I've kind of gone back to like I said. I'm, I'm kind of talking my way into both of them here. It is so difficult, and the committee has been, I think, for me at least, a little bit back and forth on what they um, do prioritize. That's going to be a really yes. tough spot for them there. Barrett the same week, by the way. They, that's true. teams have different rules in the same <laughs> week. That is very true. Oh, college football, man. It is madness. It makes no sense, but also that chaos does, does bring love for sure. So let me run one scenario back. I do love scenarios, and now we are close enough to where these could be realistic and really tricky. So... Let's just say Michigan beats Ohio State. 13-0 Michigan, Big Ten champ. 12-1 Oregon. Oregon gets revenge over Washington. They're the Pac-12 champ. 12-1 Texas. 12-1 Alabama. They beat Georgia. 13-0 Florida State. Is it who, Who's out in your mind? I would say Bama because you would have to value Texas beating Alabama. But to your point, if, Texas, uh, if Bama beats Georgia... I have a. I wouldn't do it. I have a tough time believing the committee though would leave Alabama on the outs after that. Yeah, that would be the, that would be the debate. It wouldn't be Oregon. Oregon would be in. Like, but the Pac-12 is too good this year. The, the Oregon would be in right. that situation. Obviously, Florida State and Michigan or whichever one. Um, I would say probably Texas. Would there be a and, debate with Florida State, or are they in in your mind no matter what? No, they're I'd 13 say they're in no matter what. Okay. And here's the thing too. You know who would be part of that debate that not, you're not talking about? Ooh. Georgia. Good point. That's fair. Twelve and one. Which... Because here's the thing: if you're gonna, if you're gonna, I mean, again, we're talking about the committee valuing different things, right? If you're gonna value head-to-head uh, with with Alabama over Georgia, but you're not gonna value head-to-head with Texas over Alabama. You're kind of talking out two sides of your mouth, right? You're right about that. That's even honestly, like they would, they are on the outs, I think. But even like Washington, if you're twelve and zero. With right now the best win of any team in the sport, and at that point, if let's say Alabama beats Georgia, the second best win of any team in the sport this year, it's it, it is brutal. It is it is the chaos is here, Barrett, for the last year of the fourteen playoff. That's for sure. And we won't get to deal with it. We won't have to have the fun next year. And I am so <laughs> against expansion. And this is this this fifteen minute conversation is exactly why because. The, four, the, the the limited playoff and the subjectivity of the feature, not a bug. Uh, but I've conceded that argument. I'm, I've I, I've conceded. I'm not going to get in on my soapbox. I've conceded. Y'all win. I lose. 
I'm still right, but whatever. <laughs> I am on the 12-team side, so let me tell you, I cannot wait because I, I, I hate the fact that we're talking about some of these great teams being left out at the end. Last thing I want to ask you here, Barrett Salee, and that's this, Texas A&M job opening. Tell me if I'm wrong here. I, if you're Texas A&M, I think in order to get this higher right, they have to view themselves, I would say, more like Kentucky football than Alabama. Meaning, I think for them, what they need is a builder, a Mark Stoops, a Lance Leipold, someone who can do and win with less. Is that How would you view right now A&M in terms of the, the job landscape and what it takes to win there? I would say, yeah, you need somebody who can do that. Now, they're not necessarily going to have to do that because they can. I mean, you have a bunch of bigger recruiting pool, better, you know, NIL funds, whatever. Uh, but you need somebody like that who can can build and sustain a program. You don't go for the flash hire. You don't go for the sexy hire. And I think for Texas A&M, like getting the, the right people to, to pony up to, to get rid of Jimbo wasn't hard at this point, right? right. Like they, there were some people stragglers last year, that, and then this year things started to go south, and they were all in. And it's not that many chefs in the kitchen, honestly. There's only a few boosters, and it's a small type group. Um, so convincing them to fire Jimbo this week was not a huge deal because everybody had seen enough. Getting them on board with what you just said, a builder and not a sexy hire, is a little bit different because they did that sexy hire before. We saw what happened. So, yeah, a Lance Leipold, a Jonathan Smith, Mike Elko, you know, they do, those guys have done less with more at their respective locations. What can they do when they don't have the less part, when they actually have the ability to get the players and build them. That's where they need to go. Um, I think they will this time. If they don't, then the leadership there is in a is in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, could we talk about possibly Jimbo 2.0? Check his workout, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ, all over the college football scene. Barrett Salih, appreciate the time. Three weeks of chaos. Let's bring it on. Thank you. Thank you for the time, Barrett. You are the man.